Welcome to PBC Talks. If you would like to find out more information, please visit pbc.org.uk. This is a treat, isn't it? I've been asked to come and speak to you by they who must be obeyed, the CLT. <laughs> They've asked me to come and share some experiences I've had and speak to you about this little group I belong to. Well, let me tell you how it's changed my life. It started with my mate Alf. I call it Alf's group. Because I'm a widower now. And my dear wife, Bless her soul. She's dearly departed. She was always going on at me to join in. Come on, come down, have a go, join in. No, want for me. So Alf said, come along to this little group. We read this book. I thought, go on then. So I've come down and I can't tell you how it's changed my life. It's amazing. We all sit around and have a little share. There's a word I never use, share. And the people there, they're so encouraging, you know. They really, really are. They're fantastic. They say, if you've got any questions, well, ask them. If you've got any thoughts, say them. Well, I had questions and I had thoughts. It was a revelation to me. There's a word I never used either. And they were so supportive and encouraging. They really were. And do you know what? I think I've met someone. <laughs> I think she's taken a shine to me. Yes. So it's had a little social aspect to it all. And joyful, let me tell you. I've got this deep, deep joy inside of me now. Deep joy. In fact, people see me in the street and they say, Crow, you're joyful, aren't you? In fact, it's so deep, I, ever, I wonder, is it ever going to come out sometimes? <laughs> and it's had spin-offs, this little group I go to. It really has. People say to me, oh, look, there's that lad, he's changed, hasn't he? Yeah, and it's revolutionised my life. I've put aside, I've seen a side to me that I never knew existed, actually. I would even call it spiritual because we all sit around and we talk and we share and we bring things. And you know, every week we have a cup of tea and a piece of cake. Well, <laughs> you can't get better than that, can you? So, if you're ever in this area, down this neck of the woods, and you're at a loose end and you need a little bit of support and a bit of love, then come on down to this boot club that I belong to. It'll change your life. Okay, so what makes church different to a club? Are we just a social organization where we come together and we enjoy seeing each other and we have a great time? Church is part of that, but uh, it's more than that. And the thing that, uh, or the person that makes a difference is Jesus. Church is about coming um, to worship Jesus. And it's Jesus who died on the cross. 
Jesus died for us because uh, God the Father loved us so much. And God wants us to have a relationship with him. And they've left the Holy Spirit on earth to be our friend and our counselor and our guide. So church is different because of Jesus. And it's Jesus who transforms lives. And so we're going to hear from two people today. We're going to hear from Jane Dybald and Peter Turner. And they're going to share with us about how God has changed their lives in the last couple of years. So I'm going to call Jane up first. Come on. Okay, so Jane, um, you've been coming to church now for almost two years. And, uh, but you actually grew up in the church, didn't you? So can you just tell us a little bit about growing up here and about your childhood and what faith was like then? Yeah, so let's try and get through this without crying. <laughs> we've, we've both got tissues tucked up our sleeves. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, where do I start with this year? I think when Steph first messaged me about doing this, all I felt was sheer fear. <laughs> And my response to her was, unfortunately, I can't actually think of a valid reason to say no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so someone obviously had other ideas about that. Um, I think something that I've probably ch has challenged me through this year is I, do f I have found it quite hard to chat about faith. And I think it's, it's, not, a, it's a, not a tangible thing. And I think sometimes that makes it hard to find kind of the words to describe it. So I will try my best. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I... I grew up coming to PBC, so some of you might remember me a little bit smaller than I am now. Um, but yeah, I had a really sort of happy, loving childhood growing up in PBC. Um, I came, I think, came till I was probably around 15 years of age, but when we were chatting about it, um, it was a bit strange, really, because I don't have a lot of memories about kind of my relationship with God as a child, or I have very happy memories of coming and going to wet camp and all of those things, but I don't have a lot of very clear memories. So I think as I got to my teens, I gradually stopped coming to church. Um, I don't remember a point where I thought, I don't want to be here, or I don't believe, or any of those things. It was a very gradual process, really. Um, and I suppose the kind of law of late night antics with friends and going out on Saturday night meant coming in Sunday morning sort of happened less and less, really. Um, I think as I got older, faith wasn't something that I really thought about very much. Um, and I think when I did, there was sort of a few things that I struggled with. I found... Jay loves this word. I, I thought it was very traditional. I saw some of the views as very old-fashioned and religious, so it wasn't something that I thought a lot much more about. Um, I had sort of a bit of a worldview of Christianity as it not being inclusive and not a very loving religion um, to be part of. And being a social worker, um, I, every day at work, would see things that, you know, I, would, I see some really sad things that happen um, and I suppose in my day-to-day -day life, I didn't see a world that I thought, oh, God is in this. He must be in this because every day you saw, saw sadness and, and abuse and all of those things. So 
I was then sort of continued to be challenged with quite a few things. I think another big part was around um, kind of how Christianity has views around kind of sexuality and how that, that fit really with my values. And I think during those years, I saw examples where we weren't loving to one another and weren't accepting of individuals kind of irrespective of what they had going on for them. So there was quite a few things really that I suppose prevented me coming back. Um, and I suppose maybe from the outside, I kind of seemingly, seemingly sort of had everything going for me. I had a good job, a good education, a loving family. But I think looking back, um, I was probably searching for something and didn't really realise. So, so yeah, that's kind of what brought me up to that point. So coming, um, you had all these feelings, um, different thoughts about Christianity. But in the end, you came. But what is it that brought you back? to church yeah um things sort of changed very gradually for me um and there was no kind of one day or one thing that made me think I've become a Christian today um I think the biggest change really was when I met your delightful youth worker Jay <laughs> yeah so I think when we met <laughs> If, if you don't know Jay, he's actually at the back, and uh, <laughs> he's sinking down his chair, but he has got a smile to light up this room, so well done, Jay. <laughs> so yeah, when I obviously met Jay, um, I think it was probably the first time that I was really challenged, because he held very different beliefs that I did. I think the biggest challenge actually was around kind of relationships and sex and before marriage and all of those those issues really that that we realized quite quickly didn't my views did not match up with his um and I think it was at that point it was a big surprise to me that actually people still still had held those beliefs um so I think that was one of the biggest challenges really initially that made me actually start to stop and think and, and think, hmm, maybe I need to have a bit of a reflect and sort of got me thinking really. So I initially then started coming to church to support him. Um, he was doing worship one Sunday and had asked me to come and support him. I know what you were doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so speaking of courage really, I think it took some serious courage actually to come back through those doors. And I think Sometimes when you've grown up in a church, I think sometimes it can be easy to assume that it's easy to just sort of s slip back in and that actually you've had, had that, that teaching and that understanding. But, um, but no, that took some serious courage for a long time to do that. Um, and yeah, I wasn't really sure at the time, but I kept coming back um, and, and started to come more regularly at that point. So how's your life changed over the last year? Um, where do I start with that? So um, I think the more that I was coming, a few people sort of casually dropped in that there was an alpha starting. <laughs> um, again, I knew what you were all up to. <laughs> but yeah, so I think as somebody who very much challenges challenges things, I like to question things. I need to be confident and, and have evidence of, of what I'm what I'm talking about or learning about. And I think Alpha was a great place to start with that. And Emma and Tim obviously led that. And I suppose that was the start of me starting to be open to 
learning about it and understanding. So I remember the first week, um, there's a scientist in the video that talks about how in his, in his work, he, his job is to research things. And through researching, he, he then would form some kind of hypothesis. And I think at that point, I realised that actually I'd made an opinion about something before I'd actually learnt about it and understood it. So um, I suppose that was kind of when things started to change a bit. Um, I sort of knew something was going on early on because the tears would have flow. <laughs> I think I've cried more this year than I have like my entire life. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that that was, that was sort of a sign for me that something was going on, but I didn't quite understand what it was. So I think that's kind of when the coincidences started really. Um, I'd be at Alpha chatting to Mike and Scott one evening and we'd be having a chat about something. Um, and I would go home and that Bible verse of the day would be the exact verse that we'd just been chatting about. So there was quite a few coincidences started. Um, so many that you kind of start to think, hmm, are these coincidences? <laughs> but yeah, so I came to a point where I realised I had to make a decision. Um, did I really want to find out more? And even though I was still filled with a lot of doubt and I wasn't sure, I said the prayer at Alpha. Um, I remember kind of a few other points over the past year um, where I kind of was, was, it was a point where something happened and I, and I asked more questions and I felt, you know, I, I was kind of gradually became more open really. Um, there was a service earlier on in the year, um, a guy that had come in that I, we'd never met before and at the end of the service he had a word for so a mysterious Jane and Jennifer. Um, now, if you'd said to me a year ago that someone would come in and have a word for me from God, I think I would have thought I'd tipped over into insanity. However, I knew that day that that was for me. Um, so between kind of having mental... I've been having sort of little meet-ups with Steph, um, who's just been amazing and provided just such a safe and non-judgmental space to ask questions and to explore and there sort of came to a point somewhere in this year where um, I've had kind of come to a place of acceptance of the fact that it won't all make sense and there will be bits that will never ever make sense and actually that's okay. Um, I read a verse actually in Ecclesiastes that talks about um, whenever I try to become wise and learn what goes on in the world I realised that you could stay awake all day and night and never be able to understand what God is doing. Yeah, so I think that was a big part for me where I got to that point where I was kind of like, you don't have to understand everything. Like, that's, that's okay. Um, and I think linked sort of with some of my earlier doubts around kind of the suffering and sadness that we all see and I would see through my job particularly, I think I came to an understanding of you can't have human choice and God intervening at the same time. You've got to, you know. It. So there were certain things that I sort of came to a point through chatting and learning and, and exploring with people that, that I kind of came to that point of acceptance, really. Um, so, yeah, this year, I mean, so much has changed. Um, I've been challenged just in so many ways. Um, I think the biggest bit has just been around the, the self-reflection that has happened this year. Um, 
you know, around sort of things like money and patience and things like gossip and all of these things that you think, oh, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I'm dealing with that okay. But actually, the more you look into that, it's, it's amazing what little changes can really make in your life and to the people around you. So um, I think another, another part that I have learned is actually how hard it is to be a Christian today in today's society. Um, a couple of examples around, um, I, tr- I sort of tried to, to get respect me into our work with some of our young people and it's, it's hard because you come up against barriers of, you know, we don't want religion in, in to be mentioned. Um, but, it, you know, it's planting those seeds and having those conversations and sometimes doing those, even though it feels like you come up against a brick wall, maybe at some point later on, you just don't know really, so... So yeah, this this year has taken some serious courage while we're talking about going into the next year with that. And um, I think I've been and continue to be constantly challenged by sort of my logical brain clashing with what I'm feeling and, and being so used to doing things off my own steam that actually learning learning that you do, that isn't quite how it's done has been quite a challenge and continues to be. So um, this year has just been about taking so many leaps of faith. Um, I think House Group has been an example. Um, when Ellie and Will asked me to lead, and I was like, what? <laughs> um, it was that, yeah, that was that was a big, a big step. And it was another another example where I couldn't actually think of a valid excuse to say no. So um, so yeah, and I think I mean today is just an example of that. Um, sharing kind of this year with with you um I mean those of you who know me I I do talk a lot (laughs) but standing up here and talking about a personal story and faith is a whole other a whole other challenge really and I would say it's probably been the biggest one yet um but I think when I when I thought about it I realized the importance of sharing sharing these things and talking about it um, and talking about maybe things that are a bit taboo and that we don't talk about, because I think it's easy to come on a Sunday and look around and think, well, everyone else has got it together when we're worshipping or we're praying. Or um, I think it's very easy to think that and to think that actually you're the only one with a question. But I guarantee you, if you're thinking it, there will be a lot of people in this room that will be thinking it as well. Um, but yeah, I think there are times where we have to we have to be open and be a bit vulnerable. And actually, when we do share those doubts and concerns and worries, actually, we'll only become stronger as a result of it. So, but yeah, sometimes sometimes we have to, I think we have to take that that leap of faith. And actually, God will probably meet us, meet us there if it's the right thing. So, um, but yeah, just I think just to finish, I think there'll probably be people in here that are thinking, oh, I wish my daughter or son or brother or sister would be saying and doing what Jane is doing. And I think, let me tell you that I'm evidence that actually don't give up on that. Um, and I think by talking and sharing and and providing those opportunities, um, but yeah. And I think also if, if, if you're sat here thinking, hmm, what's she talking about? <laughs> You know, it's just, I think, just not putting that pressure on yourself. Just have an open mind, ask a question. There is how many people in here that would want, that would love to answer any question that you have or 
you know, it's just, it's challenging yourself and taking those little steps and using the courage, really, that we all have um, to kind of see and, and find out for yourself, really. So, so, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for being so honest. And she held it together. She didn't need those tissues after all. So thank you so much for sharing your testimony. Um, and just a plug, I might as well. Alpha's starting again on the 27th of September. Um, there's also a cake sign-up sheet at the back. Um, so if you have got questions, um, go on to Alpha. See what happens. 27th of September. Right, I'm now going to invite Peter Turner to come up. Um, Peter has also been coming to church for about two years um, or so, and whereas um, Jane had an iPad, Peter hasn't, and uh, when I phoned him earlier in the week and said, you know, shall we kind of talk about what you're going to say, he actually said, I'm just going to wing it, so <laughs> he, said, uh, he said, just ask me whatever you want, and I'll, I'm just going to answer the questions, so... All right, so Peter, um, how much money have you got in the bank? <laughs> no. All right, there. Um, okay, so you've been coming here for a couple of years, and can you just share with us what it is that brought you to Pointing Baptist Church? Well, I've been going to church, as you might say, all my life, but Church of England. And recently, I got very disheartened with them. Now, I've got great-grandchildren that come to play away. So I started coming to play away. And I met people up there, such as Dave Wilkinson and Clive, etc. And when I talked to them, things started to make sense. So I said to Dave one day, you go to the church here, don't you, David? I say David because my brother's called David. And if I ever called him Dave, my grandma clouted me. <laughs> the, um, but the reason I'm not, the reason I'm going to wing it is because I, I haven't got an iPad. And it wouldn't do me any good of that because I can't read. But I, David met me at the door on the Sunday morning and brought me in. And it's unbelievable. Within two weeks, people were coming up to me and saying, how are you this morning, Peter? I felt I was in a family. Not, not a church. It is a church, but you don't feel it like that. I'm here with this wonderful family. And it's... It's really changed my, my life. I've, I've never lost my faith. I say my prayers every morning and every night. But I've always said them to my father, as I put it. Not until I came here did I think of Jesus as anything but what I'd heard in Bible stories. 
I didn't pray to Jesus. I prayed to his father. But no longer. I still believe in God. And I still believe that he is the master. But I think of Jesus now in a much different light. And I feel close to him. Some people might say, you always get here very early on a Sunday. I get here very early, not to miss traffic or not to make sure I've got a seat. But I can have some time sat there with my thoughts and my memories. Some are good memories, some are bad. But one of the things that this church has taught me is to count my blessings. You see, I, I lost my wife five years ago. And yes, I was down. But when I think about it, we had 57 wonderful years together. She was my child bride, as you might say, although she was 21 when she got married. But she was 16 when we met and I was 17. And we did everything together. When I went into the forces, she backed me all the way through. Never questioned when I had to go off on my own, which I did in the job that I did in the forces, which I don't talk about. Well, I'm not allowed to. But she never asked me where I'd been or what I'd done. She just got on with it. And... Well, she was the wind beneath my wings to take that song into on. But now my daughter's here and she's taken over as the wind beneath my wings because I've said it before and you might have heard it, but there are people that say, I don't know why we ever had kids. Well, believe you me, I do because I couldn't survive without them. So... That's, that's how, I, how I feel. I went to church from a young boy. I went to church in the morning, Sunday school in the afternoon. I wasn't forced to go, but I didn't sort of want to be, you know, I can't wait to get to church. As I got older, I went in the morning and in the evening. And believe it or not, if you heard me singing over there, you wouldn't believe it. I joined the choir. <laughs> but um, it was never like this. I can put my hand on my heart, but I'd fall over. And <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to Sunday and come in here. It's, it's just an experience that I have never had before. And things have been said to me that have helped greatly. I mean, I've often wondered, what does, what does the Lord think about me with some of the things that I've done? I haven't always been a good lad. I mean, when I was a teenager, before I went in the forces, believe it or not, I was a teddy boy. You know, I had a bike chain under my collar and a stiletto in my pocket. Never used them, though. And I don't know of anybody at that time in the 50s 
that stabbed anybody like they're doing today. We didn't use the knives, they were just there for sure. But I then went into the forces. And in their many years there, I had to go and do certain things. And even though if, when, I, when I was at a, a, a camp, at a barracks, there'd be a padre, and we have, you know, a church parade on a Sunday. I still wondered, what, what does he think of me? And Will said something at the 150th. He was up here talking, and he said about, no matter how good you've been, or how bad you've been, he still loves you. And I thought, that is tremendous. I had to find Will out and thank him, because it made a big difference to me to know that, yes, I may have been a bad one at times. Well, no, I haven't been a bad one. I once asked somebody not a few years ago, uh, one of my mentors, I mean, I lost him some years ago. He was 102. But I said, Bill, was I really as bad as they all said I was? And he said, Peter, you were never bad. You were just a lad. And I suppose that's how it goes. But as I say, I, I count my blessings. If I, I have my down times, but you know, I've got this leg. As you can see, I'm a, I'm a veteran. I'm an ex-serviceman and I've been disabled out of the army after many years. But I would have been in for more years if it hadn't been for this thing. But I then see these lads coming home from Afghanistan and those places. And I think to myself, Count your blessings, lad. You've still got the leg. They haven't. And that helps. And you've got to count your blessings all the time. Like I said, my wife, she was, she was my life. But I have to be thankful for what we had and for what she gave me because I've now got two children, four grandchildren, three great great three great grandchildren. And for some reason or other, they all think I'm the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes, let's give him a, a clap. So the more um, Peter tells me that uh, we can't ask him secrets, the more I want to ask him um, about the secrets. Um, but uh, thank you so much. So we've just heard two stories, two stories of how God has changed people's lives. And I don't know about you, but um, when I hear stories like that, it makes my faith grow. And it makes me think, um, you know, 
I'd like more of that in my life. I'd like to see God work in my life um, a bit more and to um, have him use me, and I'd like to see him move in other people's lives too. Jill mentioned that um, the leadership team felt that this year um, was to be a year of courage for the church. And uh, she read out some verses from Joshua about be strong and courageous. And last year, the leadership team um, received that verse. And we received it from many different people, actually. And so as a leadership team, we took that on board. You know, be strong and courageous. Um, And then this time, we just really felt like it was something for the church, for each one of us to be strong and courageous. Um, Many years ago, I went um, abseiling. I don't know why we did it. I was on some adventure weekend or whatever, but I went abseiling, which was not a great thing because I don't like heights. I'm not a risk taker and et cetera, but I found myself on this mountain. And uh, the the guy just said, you know, the first step is the hardest. He said, but you've got to step off the edge. You have to step off the the cliff, but you'll be fine. And uh, he just kept saying, um, just trust the rope. The rope will support you. Just trust the rope. And inside, I'm kind of thinking, trust the rope? Um, (laughs) That rope looked puny, and uh, I'm really heavy. Trust the rope. But on the outside, I was like, okay, I'm going to trust the rope. Um, And then you take that step, and actually... You know, the way down, it was really exhilarating. It was exciting. And for us as a church, um, I think we need to step off the edge. You know, take a risk. See what God's going to do. He can do some really exciting things in our lives and in the life of this church and in the life of this community. Step off the edge. And so the first challenge really for us is to have faith. Take a risk. Trust God. See what happens. The second thing is around prayer. And the leadership team just thought, you know, would it not be great if we each prayed for someone every single day for a year? We choose someone and we pray every single day. And let's see what happens. And because I knew that I was presenting this, you know, all week I've been thinking, oh, Lord, lay someone on my heart. Who do you want me to pray for? Lay someone on my heart. And just the other day, I just really sensed that God said, you know, Steph, there are lots of people in your life. Um, You choose whomever you want to pray for. Just choose. But the lesson here, the thing I'm asking you to do, is to make a commitment. Make a commitment to pray every single day for a year for one person. And I also thought, and I think there's a good chance if we each choose to do this, that probably you will be the only person in this whole world Praying for that one person every single day for a year. You might be the only person in the whole world who is praying for that one person every single day of the year. 
So let's make a commitment, if you'd like to, to pray for someone. And let's see what happens. Let's see God move in their lives. Let's see what happens. And then the third thing is around action. And it's about getting stuck in. We don't want to be a social club. That's not what this is about. It's not about coming here, having a great time. It's about coming here, worshiping God, yes, seeing each other, encouraging each other. But ultimately, it's about going out. Ultimately, it's about sharing God's love outside. And so let's get stuck in. Let's connect with the community. Join a group. Do something that you like. Find something. You know, join a book club like Sean. Uh, do an exercise class. Do, do gardening. Do Find something in the community that connects you to people and allows you to build relationships. So think about that. What is it that you can do to go out there and start meeting people? And not that we're going to make people projects. It's not about that. But it is about being out there and being open and letting God use you. So I go to a Pilates course at the Hockley Center. Um, I'm not very good at it, but kind of when I thought about this, what I realized is that when I go to the Pilates course, I don't really talk to that many people. I just kind of go there and kind of do my bit, and then I leave. And so it's really made me think, you know, maybe I should make more of an effort to meet people. So on a Tuesday night, and so sometimes I have to make a choice between church meeting and a Pilates course, um, but uh, anyway, church meeting usually wins out. Um, so three challenges that we set before you today in this year of courage. Take a risk, step out in faith, trust God, pray for someone every single day, and think about what you can do to connect with a community, a group that you can join. We're going to move into um, a time where, as individuals, you can just spend some time yourself. And there's a card on every seat, so you should have that, and pens and pencils. And just take a moment to think about those three areas and just note them on the card. And I would encourage you to keep that card, you know, where it's noticeable throughout the year to remind yourself the commitment that you're making today. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. Join us next week for another inspirational message.